day, mate! Mate, how are ya? What's going on? Oh, thank you for joining us. Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin, and uh, how's it hanging? What's going on? You doing all right? Yeah? Yeah, things are good, right? I hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, this is Guitar Wank episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sick of this shit too. Uh, 99.49. We're just a radio station that you can't find on the dial. That's what we are. 99.49. That's the episode. Here we go again. I hope you guys are doing fantastic. Um, uh, life is just flying by, right? We're uh, all moving forward. I hope the Guitar Wank community is doing well. Thank you so much for everyone that's supporting the Guitar Wank Forum on Facebook. I don't know if I like Facebook or hate it. It goes back and forth. I'm sure you agree. Um, Yeah, lots happening. Bruce has got a video coming out, which is fantastic, on mymusicmasterclass.com. Scott's doing his music. He's busy with that. And um, what else is happening? Wow. I don't know. We're moving into the end of the year. Um, I need to count up all the episodes. I don't even know what the real number is. We we should count that up. Uh, But we've got Nam coming up in, well, mid-end of January 2019, which would be cool. So a lot of people flying in for that. We've had a few people ask what what days should you go to Nam. In Anaheim, California in 2018, January. Um, and I think I said, <laughs> go go on the day that's not open. I don't know, go to all of them. Uh, me and Bruce were talking about it today and we thought, God, we should go down there and have a big presence for Guitar Wank and interview people and blah, 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 blah. And Bruce was like, maybe we should get a hotel. <laughs> and then we're like, ah, oh, no, why would... Why do we want to do that? It's too late. All the hotels are booked. Ah, oh, man. And you know, like, of the day of Nam, we'll be driving to Nam. We'll be like, ah, oh, shit. Why didn't we get a hotel and just stay down here? Because we're going to get down here and, and have fun and meet some people and our friends and blah, blah. And then we're like, ah, oh, shit. Should have just got a hotel room. And we didn't organize it. So it's always the same every year. I do it every single year. And I... I think last year I crashed in one of my mates' rooms really drunk. And uh, uh, what are you going to do? You know. But anyway, so that's happening. We've, uh, we've got a great, great show for you guys today. Uh, we've got more Robin Ford coming up. Uh, we've had such a great feedback on Robin's interviews. I think we've got at least, at least two more Robin Ford coming up. So hang tight. Don't get your knickers in a knot or your tits in a tangle. Uh, we're going to have... Uh, lots more Robin and it just gets better because we all just get drunker which is always a plus um, so we will get that we'll do that next week with this week we've got another guest we've got Drew coming in he's an LA musician I'm gonna let him tell his story but uh, a lot of good a lot of good insight a lot of good advice Drew MDs a lot of stuff he's a bit of an organizer and a great player great musician all around just a good bloke good bloke and a good good guy to know if you're trying to get a gig or trying to get into something so um yeah so we got drew on tonight 
Remember, if you have not gone to guitarwank.com and subscribe, subscribed. Oh, it's been a long day. <laughs> if you have not gone to guitarwank.com and just subscribed, okay? Just go there, subscribe, so uh, you know when there's a new podcast out. And um, do that. Go to iTunes. Leave a, a review. Just leave a review. It helps us so much. I can't believe how much these reviews help us. Um, thank you. We really appreciate that. All the emails that have been coming in and the support and people just sharing their feelings and that. It's, I got to say, on this end, it's super cool. I talk to Bruce, pretty much talk to Bruce on a daily basis. We... He phones me in the morning, he's traveling somewhere, I'm getting up and doing coffee, looking after the kid, trying to get some playing in, and Bruce will call and we get a chat in usually, which is awesome, I love that. Uh, I feel very privileged that Bruce reaches out every day. Uh, Scott, you big fat prick, <laughs> you never call me, he never calls, yeah, Scott never calls, he calls now and then, but hardly calls, you know. He hardly wears the hat too. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's like the dark sheep in the family. But um, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so Bruce and I were talking, and uh, he's he's keen to get this game show thing happening. I time's running out, man. I I gotta bust his balls on this one because I put this all in Bruce's court, and he's kind of you know he's been busy. The man is busy. He tr- he. He gigs a lot. Bruce doesn't... Uh, he's relentless with his gigging. So anyway, so leave reviews. Send us an email. Let us know you are there. That I think that's what we need because I feel like we're talking to the abyss most of the time. Uh, in 200 years, the aliens are going to find these podcasts and go, fucking wankers. Well, what a waste of time that was. So please email us and just let us know you're there. We, we love hearing from people. If we don't reply, it's not that we didn't get your email. It's just that I, we, we haven't got to it yet and hopefully we will. But so appreciate all the emails and the feedback and the support. Had so much good feedback lately of, uh, well, especially Robin Ford. Man, we've had people that have known Robin for years saying that was the most relaxed and comfortable they've ever heard Robin, which is awesome because uh, apparently we just got to get our guests drinking, you know, get them drunk. That's that's the deal. So if we can get uh, all our guests, we apparently Scott the other day talked to Steve Vai. Steve Vai wants to do the show. Uh, and he's going to do it in February because that's the next time he's available. I talked to Lukather today. Yes, Lukather, damn it. <laughs> the elusive Luke. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, I've started reading his book. If you haven't got it, you've got it. Go get it. It is such an amazing read. I, I said to Luke, it's like reading, um, it's like Stand By Me, the movie for musicians. Because he paints such a an amazing time in music history in Los Angeles, like right here in North Hollywood, where I'm at, and you know it's it's an amazing read. You go get it. You'll really enjoy it, and you'll feel just so jealous that he had this amazing. He was just in the right place, you know, fucking right there in the right place in in the world. So uh, definitely go get that book, which is called The Gospel. The Gospel According to Luke. I said to Luke I'd... 
promote it. So go get it. It's it's I I guarantee it's an amazing read. The Gospel According to Steve Lukather. Uh, you will enjoy it. I haven't been able to put it down. I'm like three quarters of the way through, and it's just. It's a wow moment. Every page, you're like, damn, that's that's so cool. So, and you get a really in, good insight into Luke. And I got to say, man, um, as a fan, as probably you are listening to this show, I'm, I'm a big fan of Luke, always have been. But talking to him through email, you know, some cats you talk to and they'll get back or they won't get back or they'll have fucking some other person get back to you and you know it's this they got an ego or whatever you know we haven't had a lot of that to be honest but but i gotta say luke gets back to me all the time and he apologized refusely that he couldn't do before the end of the year and in the end of the whole conversation he's like so is that okay and I'm like, dude, what am I going to say to you? Yeah, cancel all your, your big gigs you got and come and do this stupid podcast. So um, I really appreciate it. And he just seems like a lovely bloke. And I'm so excited to get him on the show and talk about his book and everything else. And that'll be a lot of fun. So it's worth sticking around, damn it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, for those people out there who think this intro is way too long, go fuck yourself because you have a fast forward button and just fast forward. And if you've listened to up the, to this point here and now I'm telling you fast forward, well, you're an idiot. Just, you've got to fast forward at the start. As soon as you hear my voice, fast forward. It's really simple. And all those other people, for the two emails I get that say that uh, the intros are too long, which happens not as much, I've, I've stepped back, but I get about 10 emails telling me, Troy, do what the fuck you want, it's your show. Which is true, and uh, th- there you go. But I'm, I am being aware of time, but I just want to give you guys the information. T-shirts, caps, mugs, it's coming up to Christmas, guys. This is the time <laughs> to buy Guitar Wank merchandise. We've got all this amazing stuff. Uh, also, you can go to Alva's. If you are in California and you want to go to a great venue, we've talked about Alva's, uh, the venue on and the music shop on the show. Uh, you can check it up, alvesmusic.com. Do I have to spell this for you? I fucking look it up. Alvas, A L V A S. Ah, I gotta spell it. Hang on. All right, it's A A A A A for Apple. People, Americans hear I. I don't know why, but yeah, Australian shit. A L V A S. AlvesMusic.com. Go there and uh, reach out to Matt at Alvers, and they have Guitar Wank merchandise. Fucking amazing. We have Guitar Wank merchandise in a music store, and uh, Alvers is a great venue. We've talked about Scott. It's one of Scott's favorite rooms, and uh, and Bruce's. I think Scott's playing there soon too, so uh, be worth checking that out. But anyway, go talk to Matt at Elvis. He's uh, got Guitar Wank merch, and he's supporting. They're supporting Guitar Wank podcast, which is a bloody ripper. You beauty, good on you, mate. Fantastic. Uh, so there you go. All right, well that's it. Uh, let's get into the show. We're going to do this episode. Hope you all, everyone in America, had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, no, we don't celebrate. Uh, or do Thanksgiving in Australia because I get that question constantly and uh, it's it's just a really stupid question. 
So, um, but anyway, we had a great Thanksgiving. I was in Nashville. I caught up with Michael Ross, who writes for uh, Guitar Player Magazine and all these other big magazines, Guitar Modern. And uh, he did all the articles on Bruce Foreman and uh, had a great night with uh, Michael Ross. He invited me out just around the corner from uh, in Nashville from where I was to go see Guthrie Trap play. And Guthrie just fucking tore it up. It was really great watching him play. Just shred, man. He just killed all night. Really tasty, beautiful player. And a good bloke. Uh, so, yeah. So, thank you, Michael, so much. Val, I didn't get to catch up with you, mate, in Nashville. Time just disappeared. I was there, and it just fucking disappeared. And I, I apologize for that. But we will catch up soon. Uh, I, I, get to hang, I got to hang with uh, a fighter pilot who does Top Gun shit, and then he took me up in his plane over to Nashville, and we had some fun. It was insane. It's it's pretty interesting talking to someone, and they're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, ah, oh, guitar player, I do this, you know, playing bands and blah, 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 and you think you're pretty cool, and the guy goes, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fighter pilot instructor. And you're like, whoa, dude, you just fucking... You hit that out of the ballpark. I mean, that is like the coolest job in the world. He's basically top gun. That's what he does. He's a top gun instructor. So that was really cool. So thank you, David, uh, for taking me up in your plane, mate, and hanging out and drinking and all that stuff. So that was a lot of fun. All right. Shut up, McCubbin. Oh, I know. I hear the people going, oh, he's going on too young. Fast forward, mate. Fast forward. That's what it's there for. It's your. It's basically your show. You get to fast forward really simple all right thank you for listening i hope you guys had a great holiday and we're going into the final end of 2018 be safe thank you for all the support we so appreciate it we will be posting a patreon guitar wank page if you don't know patreon i didn't even know what the fuck it was uh but uh we had a bunch of guitar wankers suggest that we do it so we've set it up and we're going to be launching that. It's basically, you go to the page and you can give to Guitar Wank and you're going to be able to get a lot of, uh, basically, stuff that we haven't released, uh, lessons and extra material that we just never have released. It's in the archives. So um, And other stuff that we're going to be adding to it and it will just be for those people who do the patreon thing so you, no pressure you don't have to if you choose to fantastic you get a bunch of great stuff if you don't up your bum it's pretty that simple we don't care you know what it's all guitar community we appreciate it and we love the support and i can't believe we're still on the air and we haven't given up so fantastic all right so there you go up your bum a big shout out to some of my favorite people brett gar said mate can't i've got to do an interview with you definitely got to make that happen i've had a bunch of emails selling we've got to do brett gar said yes i agree we've got to make that happen um erwin thomas jack jones another one brad Kipriotis. there's all these dean stewart all my favorite people down in oz just wanted to say a shout out uh anyway thank you for all the support keep going and um yeah now i have raved on way too long and you should have fast forward and I can't give you this time back. So anyway, let's get into the show. <laughs> we'll start. And uh, again, 
Uh, be he safe. He knows when you. you're away. We'll, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Next week, Robin Ford. Okay, I promise. Good, Don't so miss it now. Good for and uh, I, I know Bruce is working oh, on a certain you someone watch out. who's super, you super not amazingly special in the world. I'm telling you why. Well, and that will, Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming. Later, guys. Have a great one. Be safe. Santa Claus is coming to town. And don't tell your papa. Asia. It's a hell of a town. Yeah. (laughs) Do I have a bike, Troy? Yeah, right on that that amplifier there. Oh, yeah. Okay, so. There it is. Okay. You doing Korea? Yeah, going there first. I love free. And I'm trying to figure out a way to bring my guitar that's for sale because I'm selling one of my sirs and and uh, oh, you a guy it? wants to the guy in China, my friend in China wants to buy it, but it's three flights to get to China, and I'm gonna have to ask him that if he wants it, he's gonna have to pay for the the, the flights for it because I have well, to check it. Yeah, but what if well, what if you play it on the whole tour and just give it to him at the end of the mm-hmm. tour? I don't want to play it. Oh, okay. I don't like it. That's why I'm selling it. <laughs> Man, back, but back in the day, I, I, you know, I was going to Europe so much to play. And there was this guy in Paris that would just buy any L5. So I, I had this friend who, who was kind of a, had collected a bunch, but he was offing them. And, you know, it's always easy to find one back then. And I would buy an L5 play it during the tour and route the tour so that I would spend the last day in Paris and I would just leave the guitar with him and make like an extra grand on the tour. Oh, that's incredible. And I did that for like years. And this is like two and three times a year until he got busted. Wow. Just saying, man. What do you think is going to happen with the vintage guitar prices? Well, with, with the kind of guitars I play, I think people are just so uninterested in them that they're all going to tank. Uh-huh. I think uh, things like Les Paul Strats and 335s, I think they're going to just keep going up. I don't see any reason not. You got to. levels on us, Troy? Got levels. So you want don't to introduce the... I don't know. I'm so just like... Really pre-war Martin. Yes. I'm just they're already our, our guests. Bruce, yes. Bruce can officially introduce. I'm going to officially introduce? Well, I, nothing's ever really Okay, ladies and gentlemen... Show. Troy, I'd like you to meet Scott. <laughs> Scott, this, I know this, is, bitch. this is Bruce. <laughs> uh, my name is Bruce. I like uh, long week, long I like outdoor sports beach. and hot tubs. And um, we have a very special guest for us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, drum roll. <laughs> Drew Taubenfeld. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Drew. Thank you for having me. Drew, yeah, how, did, how do you say your last name? Taubenfeld. <laughs> I was Where right. Where does that come from? See? Germany. Ah, or I guess Pol- Poland, to be exact. I mean, you don't speak into Deutsch? No. I just know Talbenfeld. That's all I know. He's Tal Wilkenfeld's half-brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she should have been Talbenfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, welcome, man. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Glad you guys are talking about guitars. Yeah, you know, we are. We're talking about them. <laughs> you know, because Lord knows no one's playing them anymore. <laughs> exactly. So... Awesome. Well, yeah, this is Guitar Wink. Yeah, this is Guitar this Wink. Is, Where this is our 199th 
but not technically even. We might 100. be close to two hundred now. Yeah, I know, wow. but we still haven't had our hundred, so no, we've avoided it like the plague. Yeah. So, well, Actually, so it's ninety nine point seven. How does that work? We're we we're like ninety nine point oh. seven. We're like a radio station. What do you give away for the hundred? Well, we got an idea where we're going to have like a Jeopardy <laughs> show where our, our there's some people who swear they've heard every episode. So we're going to have a game show where we ask difficult, trivial questions <laughs> about Guitar Wink, and the winner. We're going to give them a baby. Oh. Yeah. They're going to get a, But we can only afford a pie, so that's all they're going to get. Oh, they're going to get a pie? Well, they're I thought we were going to get a real-life baby. <laughs> I think they're just going to get a pie. Uh, or maybe a cell phone with a contract. We're going to tell them they're going to get all this shit, but we're just going to give them a pie. That's it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so that's our idea for the 100th show, <laughs> which is never um, going to probably... Well, it'll happen because people are now answering... It's like a preliminary phase where I put 10 questions up and then we take the written answers and we pick the three finalists and then they'll come in and be on the show. That's In a perfect world, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I don't want <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first time I saw, saw you, Drew, was with Danielle at the Hotel Cafe and you're playing... Steel pedal guitar, steel. pedal steel. Yeah. Oh, you right. do. You play pedal steel. Yeah. Wow, man, I love Dude, that instrument so, and so I, much. And I think I went up to you after the show, and I was like, "Oh man, it just because." Who are some of your heroes on pedal steel that you grew up listening? Do you listen to Buddy Emmons? And oh yeah, and, uh, I love him. Yeah, me and, too. And Junior Brown. Yeah, I and, love Junior and Brown. And Lloyd Green and yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean Greg Lee. Curly Chalker. You know, yeah, sure, you know, sure, sure. Curly's great. Sure. I mean, Maurice Anderson. You know, I don't, I don't, you like, don't know him? No, please. Uh, oh, well. I don't want to pretend like Oh, well, when I was a kid, I did this gig with those three guys, Curly Chalker, Buddy Emmons, and Maurice. Wow. There was a pedal steel convention in San Francisco. My teacher, this guy named Jackie King, you ever hear him? Mm -hmm. Left-handed guitar player, great. Sent me on a gig, and it was like a pedal, because he couldn't do it. It was a pedal steel convention. And I was like, I can't do that gig. I don't play, you know, I don't play all those guitar rag yeah. tunes you yeah. know and I was just kind of a bebopper even then when I was young I was like 17 and Jackie says no you can do it and then Maurice calls me up I says I don't think I'm the right guy for it he says no Jackie says you're good and he says it pays 300 bucks well this is 1973 so I said I'm your guy <laughs> that was like full million and I went <laughs> I went and I swear to God that we played a set and there were four tunes and it was Autumn Leaves, All the Things You Are, The Shadow of Your Smile, and Donna Lee. Oh, cool. That was the four That's... tunes we played. So I was the right guy. Yeah, I know these. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they all played so fucking good. You know, at that kind of music, you know. Yeah, it blows me away, those guys that can really, like, bop on the yeah, steel. Yeah, Buddy, Buddy, is, Buddy mm -hmm. Emmons is so amazing. And he, he, the feel and just note choices and everything. It's just, he's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Great player. The sound of that instrument. I always wanted to put one of those pickups on a regular guitar, but I still don't think a guitar would sound like that even if you did. But I'd like to try. Junior Brown doesn't get enough credit, man, for he's being the genius that he monster, is, man. Right? He is a monster. Yeah, you know, he, he, he actually does play very... Uh, he can do that country studio thing as good as anybody, mm -hmm. but he doesn't get the credit for it because he's actually more of a fusion 
guy because he's also playing blues and he plays a lot of blues and he plays a lot of Hendrix and he you know he, he's like a has the double neck thing and he's such a specialty guy that people can they put him in a box and they say well that's Junior Brown that's what he does but if you get that guy I've heard some of the country sessions that he does mm. and he plays some of the most beautiful melodic totally in character country solos that as good as anybody can that's awesome. you know he's just a badass yeah, that Get With It record's fucking rad. Oh, man, yeah. that's my favorite one. Yeah. That's an incredible record, man. I've listened to that a hundred times yeah. in my car. Love that record. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell, I, I know a little bit about you. I mean, I saw you with Danielle, and I had no idea that you did all this other stuff. Do you want, do you want to talk uh, about I, mean, I think Drew should. You know, I mean, we got all these people in Guitar Wink. The ones that don't know you are probably wanting to Google you, but they might be driving their car, and we'd like to really not have people do that so, yeah, sure. tell us your story so like, tell us your story you like three yes <laughs> yeah you were you were born yeah you were born we know any, that any memories from the womb in germany <laughs> i assume I, my earliest musical memory my parents had a dog named fleetwood so that's when i was like <laughs> yeah. you know i didn't know what the hell they were talking about but um there was something going on did it sound anything like a goat because <laughs> you know that girl just, sounds kind of yeah. like a goat <laughs> yeah what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you're not What's from her LA, name? Right? I don't remember her name. What's her name? Stevie Nicks. Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Yeah. yeah. She's got. Who was it that made fun of her? South Park. Yeah. She was a goat on <laughs> oh, South yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to see this. Episode. Yeah, that South Park is a really good one. Wow, so go ahead, man. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah. We we generally do interrupt a lot. Though. Great. Okay. I, right. I dig it. Yeah. If anything you say can be made fun of, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're the guys that do that. Yeah. I, I can so, take so it. We, I suggest you make fun of yourself <laughs> okay. before we can get around to it. <laughs> I can handle it. So, Sorry, what was the question? Uh, Fleetwood. Uh, yeah. we, were, we were up to Fleetwood. He's now. already <laughs> drunk, and he's only been here five minutes. <laughs> you're, I think you're uh, from Baltimore. That's you're what, from Baltimore. Yeah, and you come to LA when when. 2007 when I was 22 years old right. mm -hmm. and I just didn't you know know what was at that point they said you want to go to New York Nashville or LA and I said well I'm going to guess LA my brother lived here and yeah. I came out here and then it was uh, really expensive so I didn't, I didn't really have a plan I just thought I really love teaching I love teaching that's really kind of what I wanted to do and um, now hold it is, is guitar the main instrument or not? guitar is my main instrument right okay I sort of got into being a utility, like double guy after I moved here, just because right. honestly what happened was I went on a tour and I got really, really good at Nintendo Wii bowling because that's <laughs> all that we did. I mean, I could bowl like a fucking 300 every time, you know? Right. And I got home and said, what a, what a, wa like, what a, what a waste of my time. You know, right. I could get really good at the specific thing like Nintendo Wii. So the next tour, I'm going to bring a mandolin. And then if I have downtime, I'm going to get really good at that. And then the next one, the pedal steel. That's sort of what I started to do because toward the downtime can be so maddening, as we all know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I was like, instead of getting good at Nintendo, maybe I'll learn a banjo or something. You know what I mean? Right. That's where that started. But I know there's a banjo joke. Uh. Well, you know why there's no banjos on Star Trek? <laughs> why? Because it's the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> What's, I, I love the, the joke, the banjo in the back of the car. The guy oh, yeah, the, banjo le the guy leaves his <laughs> yeah. banjo in the back of the car, and he goes in to get a bite to eat, and he comes out, and the car's been broken into, and there's two banjos. <laughs> you know the difference between a banjo and an onion? No one, no one cries when they cut up a banjo. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> 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 so good. So go ahead, man. Yeah, Sorry, we got off track. You know, you ever seen a banjo and a trampoline? <laughs> you take off your shoes before you jump on the trampoline. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> we got to get Steve Martin on the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you took out. You started taking up all these instruments while on tour. Who were you touring yeah. with back then? Was it? I started. I think. Yeah, when I moved here, it was really, like I said, it was really expensive. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. And I started to look around, and people were doing these sideman gigs, you know, in the pop world, which is yep. what was available to me as a 23 year You know, I wasn't going to get hired to play for James Taylor. You know what I mean? That yeah. was, the, And I needed to make rent, and I was teaching, and that's going on these, like, auditions was the thing to do. So I really... Was that through Barry? Barry Squire. Yeah, I did that, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was... Um, that was how it worked then, and and uh, so that's what I started to do, and and got into that like sideman world, you right. know, which was which was really, I think it was fitting for me. I really enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now I'm hearing like you're doing more MD type stuff. Yeah, I started to get into from that world. They started to look for somebody to be in charge of the thing, and I started to, they'd say, Drew, can you? good job on this tour can you put us a band together for this one and started to get more and more into that and um and who are the artists you're working for it's sort of um are they singers mo mostly mostly or? singers yeah uh -huh. like so, anybody i would know i don't know i mean it's a, a lot of pop like over the years like but, like name some first, people like, you've worked like selena with. gomez or Demi oh, Lovato yeah, okay yeah and, and uh right now i'm with megan trainer who's uh -huh. like really fun to work you know it's uh -huh. it's really she seems world. really cool yeah. she's fun she's, I like. she's all about the bass right? selena yeah. gomez is a great singer man yeah. i mean she's really good uh, You're re what well we have this at disney album and she sang a, a, like five tunes on it and she can sing and i don't know you know these days when someone goes in the studio, you never know whether they're using auto tune or not. So you could tell same. you could tell better than I can because you hear her sing. Well, he can't say anything. Sure. Well, you know, she's still got a good but, sound but and a good. She's got a beautiful I mean, voice. You, you can't really fake. She that. sings this song called um, uh, "Fly." It's like about Tinkerbell, mm -hmm. and what a beautiful song! First of all, it's a beautiful tune. It's like really well written. It's this a, is the softest great, great yeah. composition. Yeah. He's you know, gonna, his next and, record's and, a Disney uh, record. Yeah, but anyway, she sings this tune, and she just nails it. I mean, she just sings the shit out of it. She's so good. Right. And um, I started listening more to her, and then you know, because Angela has a lot of her records, and and uh, you know, she's actually really good, good singer. So you got to work with her. She nice to work for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty lucky in that department. I try mm -hmm. try not to hang around. Like if singers are really like nasty, it's sort of it's, yeah. It's, we know, all know. I, I my friend uh, Michael Baker was the MD for Whitney Houston through all the drug <laughs> abuse stuff. So can, we, can, can you imagine that he had a roller coaster oh, yeah. of a of a career for about ten years? Yeah, you know he must have so, some stories. Oh man. God, you know it. And so does Matt Garrison. You know Matt Garrison was on the gig for about a year. Can we get him on the show? And that Matt lives in Boston, oh. and and Mike he does. Do he it. lives in Italy. Oh, well, that's so be a tough yeah. Boy. What a great yeah. drummer. Yeah. Great drummer, yeah. Wow. I played with him with Zawinul with yeah. Mike oh, Baker. He's a he's what a great really drummer, great and wow. singer too. Great singer and drummer. Wow, amazing cat. But yeah, he kind of left the jazz world and did Whitney Houston for a long time, and then he did some other pop stuff. And you know, it's 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 
it pays. <laughs> you know, what can you say? Right. You're making a lot money, more money probably than me and Bruce and 500 other jazz guitar players combined. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For our sake. Uh, Anyways, so you, so you it's got expensive this, here. It's actually expensive here. You got the MD job and you started to put acts together. Was it for labels or for... Yeah, usually labels or management companies are the right. ones that'll call us. Say we have there's, mm-hmm. there's so much new music coming out, so it's like this. A lot of times, people will put something out on Spotify and then it'll shoot up the charts, and they have TV performances come out of nowhere, and then they have no band or anything. You know, right. it's a singer mm-hmm. that made a record in a studio, and so they'll need the whole thing to get put together. So you've you know, become a little bit of a Barry Squire. It's uh, in this Barry Squire. Barry Squire was a guy. Back in the early, well, I don't know when Barry started, but I started with him maybe 99, 2000s. And you guys he was had a, guy, a, a relationship he, or what? Yeah, we used to date. No, he was a... That's the only way to get the gig. How do I know, man? That's the only way to get the gig back That's what you had to do to get a gig back then. Barry, B- Barry was the guy in town. You get on his list and he would basically have the connection with all these bands and labels and that when they needed oh. players. I thought you were going to say get on your knees, but <laughs> no, get on his list. I never got on my okay. knees. But he would... <laughs> You get on Barry's list and he would set you an audition. Like, I got to audition for Nine Inch Nails once and oh, Matchbox okay. 20 and uh-huh. all these amazing big acts. Right. And it was through Barry Squire. And uh-huh. you'd go in and, and it was really good back then because it wasn't a cattle call. And then mm-hmm. he then it turned into a massive cattle call. Like, and when I would it, turn up, it'd be like five guys. And, and then it'd be like... 30. And then these days, the, cal- the days of the cattle call auditions are kind of not... They're kind of waned, right? They're not. Well, well Drew would be the answer for that. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's sort More of word of mouth now. And honestly, it's strangely Instagram. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Which is kind of. I think wow. it's good for young people to hear. Like, what'll happen is I'll get an email, and you know, if they want an audition, it's that's a cost because that's I have to call and book a rehearsal space and mm-hmm. book. Pe- so that sometimes they say, "Hey, can you just you know find a drummer, bass player, keyboard player?" So you sometimes they'll show you they'll trust me to just um they'll, they'll show you what the what the artist is about so you yeah. know to get the right guys and then you'll get the right guys exactly and sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just trust you to do it which is great but a lot of times they'll be like we'd love to see what you're thinking so mm-hmm. you say yeah this guy's great on bass he played for blah blah, blah and here's his website or something and they'll sort of, sort of be like oh we really like the vibe of this this and that so i'd say like i have some friends that are really amazing but they like haven't invested in developing any kind of like content so it's like, oh man, Jim's great on guitar, and then the manager's like, cool. Well, what? And then it's like they look it up, and it's like a iPhone recording in the back of Hotel Cafe, and it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, skip to three minutes, and there's a guitar solo. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, so kids that are really smart with like having some, like, click on this video, and within one minute you can see what I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. That seems to help people, I think, mm-hmm. you know. All right. So how them. much? Um, because I know when I was doing it, it was it was massively about look and your vibe. Mm. Obviously, if you were there, you had to be a player. But how much is it about, like, is there an age limit with majority of the work you guys do? Because I know I used to get emails and it was always, if you're over 25, don't even bother. So <laughs> I never had auditioned after that. So... So each one is different. Like pe- some people so really that's why that. I'm not getting. <laughs> that's pretty much it. God, got, and I've been practicing so fucking hard. You got to work on your keytar. 
Keytar. Yeah. Oh. What's a keytar? <laughs> it's like the you know the, the, the piano keyboard, keyboard, keyboard that, that, that you oh, looks like a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was, that was about as old as me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so it is an painting, but I would you sure. would say younger, right? Yeah. Some people really just like I want the best band you can find. Some people are saying we really want it to be young, cool. It's everyone's sort of different. Right. And yeah, but do you play guitar in the band yourself, or do you? Uh, a lot of times, yeah. But some sometimes you'll get another guitar player as well. Yes. Exactly. So there'll there'll be two guitar players, you and another guy, or or I just, just like or I just won't play in it and just sort I of help see. Them. You'll just be the MD and you'll just put the whole thing together. Or a and, contractor, right? I guess, exactly. Call it. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, but he also plays like mandolin and banjo and pedal mm -hmm, steel, so mm -hmm. he's kind of a. You can so do who lots else of besides Selena Gomez? Name some other, uh, you know, stars that I, you know, that we know. I mean, I, I was out with, like, Leon Bridges last year, which uh -huh. was really fun. Um, I mean, I gotta, like, go, like, I forget who I play with. Um, um, I'm sure they appreciate that. No, I <laughs> It's like that, you know when they say, name your favorite song, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I can't right. name one. So, um, you know, I think... So who did you say, there was someone you just said you're working with now, who is it? Uh, working with Megan Trainer and... A guy named Lucas Graham from Denmark right now, like, uh -huh. and um, Danielle yeah. was doing Lucas Graham. I mean, Lucas Graham, um, Megan Trainer, right? That's right. She sang backups on it. On a, on a oh, Danielle is a singer that you you work with yeah. sometimes. Yeah, Danielle okay. Dandra, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Megan's one. She doesn't care what you what your age is, what you look like. She wants great musicians. You know, mm -hmm. she appreciates it. So that's yeah. different. You know, mm -hmm. it's that's, that's fun. really cool. That's refreshing, yeah. Right? right? Yeah, she hears it and she knows. She knows yeah. what she wants. Like it. James Taylor. Oh, he man. just wants really good players. Great you know? player. Yeah. I was joking with Bradshaw one time when when I asked him who's in the band and he said he's in the band and I was like, you don't need a band that good to play Fire and Rain. I'm <laughs> fucking sorry. <laughs> and, and not only that, but it, it's sort of like like dropping a grenade in the pond. You know, because as long as he's got Larry Goldings and Mike Landau and Steve mm -hmm. Gadd, they're not out doing something else. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of us could hear it. Not, right. not that I don't love James Taylor. I'm, I love mm -hmm. James Taylor. But, you know, I mean, I got students that could play in that band and it would be great. You know, I mean, meanwhile, then I could go hear Steve Gadd's band. I go hear Mike Landau's band. Mm -hmm. I go hear Larry Goldings' band. You know what I mean? It's sort of like he's kind of sequestering. Yeah, good talent. And Sting did that for a long time too. He had yeah. the Marcellus. Oh, that's right. He had Brandon. He had Kenny Watts, Kirkland and all and these Jeff cats Watts. in his yeah. band for a long sure. time. And it's like, shouldn't they be out be doing their own shit? <laughs> but they're making so much money. It's like, oh, yeah, who can blame them? You know, you, probably you bought five houses from that gig. <laughs> do, do you guys think like having those guys and like Babco and people that good, even though it's simple songs, like, don't don't they elevate it to the point? Of course where they, they do. Sure, they do. Of course they do. Of course they do. I know. I was partly, yeah. partly facetious. We're just, yeah, we're, <laughs> but we're, also we're, partly, you know, like going, just well, God, around, I'd but, you know, as much as I love James Taylor, I'd be very happy with lots of guys with him. Sure. I mean, Larry Goldings. I'd like to hear with Larry Goldings' band more than James Taylor. So well, yeah, me, me too. Just like, just like you know, we all loved listening to Jocko with Jocko's own band and Weather Report. But he played with Joni Mitchell for right. he did a tour with her. Mm -hmm. So did so did Don Elias. The Brecker was Robin, on that gig. Robin was on it. Pat yeah. Metheny was on it. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of great great players played with Joni Mitchell. But she's a badass, and she deserves to have great musicians. You know, sure. she was a great songwriter and and a really really talented person. So. Why not have the best musicians you can have for a gig like that? Sure. That makes sense. Yeah.
Absolutely. So you, you do a, you do a lot of that now. That's that's kind of your is that your main gig besides the touring bands that you're working with or? Sure. Yeah, it's sort of split in three. So like I sometimes I'll do a tour as a guitar player or whatever, and then right. I'll put together shows a decent part of the year. Summer that gets really busy, and I've gotten a little bit into like house band war. Like I just did the Emmys as like a as a multi instrumentalist guy, and I yep. sometimes play pedal steel in like the American Idol house band whenever they have like country people. So that's like that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. So learning so. pedal steel was a really badass move. Man, it, it really—it's so funny. When I I bought a pedal steel, I came home from like a pop tour, and I was like, I need to do something just for me that I'll never make a dime doing. You know, and, and right. pedal steel was like, it's like this is the dumbest idea, but it's really speaking to my soul right now. So I'm just gonna have this in my basement. I'll never make a dime off of it, but like at least I really want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, this is like a dumb invest. I should be learning. Pro tool, you know, like learn how to speak Mandarin, like you know those things that yep. you like mm-hmm. think will make you money. But um, I just loved it, and then I started gigging with it, and then it, yeah, it turned into like a bit of a niche that that has got like I, I don't think I would get hired to play in the American Idol band unless I didn't, you know, play that instrument because there's so many amazing guitar players that have yeah. been doing it longer. So it really, yep. it really has helped me. Surprisingly. Do you know? Um there's a pedal steel player that plays with Mike Landau and his wife's band. Do you know who that is? Is it Greg? I, I've seen it. It is Greg. Yeah. Yeah. So good. He's great too, right? Amazing. I've heard yeah. him a, a few times with, yeah. with Karen. Um, you know, they do that They do that Lady Hazy Jane band yeah. on Sunday night sometime at the Baked Potato. Yeah. And he's he he plays with them, I think. And yeah, yeah, he's really good. I love it. It's just yeah. such beautiful choices. Yeah, yeah. All the yeah. time. Really, yeah. really good did stuff. That, did that help going into that instrument? How long ago did you start learning pedal steel? About like eight or nine years ago. Did yeah. what has that done to your guitar playing? It ch- changed it totally. It did. Know? I'd say the biggest thing is not like as a guitar player, especially coming from like rock and roll music. You know, yeah. I was so used to the song starts and you play every eighth note until the end of the song. Right. And um, pedal steel, if you do that, it sounds terrible. You have to stop. You have to let chords go by without playing anything and. Because if you play every chord, it sounds awful. So just being comfortable with a band going by without having to hit every chord changed. Mm-hmm. It changed the way I play guitar. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's that whole like. I mean, in something that I I think you just really excel at. You know, in your playing is like, it's like almost as if there's a lot of different ways to approach the guitar. One is, is of course, is a rhythm instrument. One is a solo, like a ninja kind of vibe. Sure. And then there's also like a colorist where you just kind of hear the whole thing and find the right sound at the right time that brings the right... You, you know what I'm saying? Sure. It's I, I call it a colorist. And, I mean, that's something that you and there's a bunch of other guitar players that I, I love who just seem to be exquisite. It's just tasteful, colorizing, bringing the right sounds to a project, the right moment to hear something, not to, to, not to take over, you know, and I mean, the right balance of contributing without dominating you know you know thank you so much and and that's something i've noticed having watched you play a lot and particularly at at the hootenanny when you're backing up all those different bands all the time and just like figuring out you know i mean it's like the decisions i mean and and i i feel i'm the same way but in a i'm more like a ninja kind of guy and a rhythm guy than a colorist but you know just to wait that extra second to decide what the right thing to do is rather than 
you know, make that decision before. You know, you can, you know what I'm saying? So that's the color. Thank you so much. Really. There was a guy I heard play with. There's a cowboy singer named Tom Russell. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He's, oh, no. He's he's we kind of a cowboy balladier, and he he would go on the road with this guy named Andrew Harden, and the guy was just so great at making that work so mm. well, and it was so. I mean, by itself, you you know what I mean. You you wouldn't even notice it almost, but without it, it was just. I mean, it just like it was like black and white till wow. he got there, you know. And you have a lot of those qualities, and I, I really admire that, you know. Thanks. I think a lot of it's because you play all those instruments, and so you're so sonically open to all the different things that could be there. Well, I think I'm like you put pressure on myself never to ruin the sound that's happening. You know, what I mean? it's like like that was I think in my world the worst thing you can do rather than take a bad solo was to play something that would fuck up the singer. You know, like right. that's like where the pressure I'm putting on myself, right. which you know you can. But I love when you Bruce came down to our hoot nanny night and just that was crushed a, it. I was there was that night. That was such beautiful. a great night. They needed an old guy. Right? Yeah, they explained the hoot nanny. I to felt like I was that, fucking babysitting. Oh, so, <laughs> so this is at, this is at hotel cafe and if people for our foreigners and people who live in LA, hotel cafe is like the singer songwriter, very cool artist yeah. place to go and perform. And I mean, it's 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 kind of yeah hist. A and, historic and you, now, right? Why did yeah. you start that in the first place? Tell us the history of that. Um, yeah, so if anyone, like, I'm sure most people actually don't know, the Hootenanny is a night me and a bunch of guys do once a month where we invite eight or nine of our favorite singer-songwriters and they each get three songs and uh, the house band, we just back them up. So it's no rehearsal, they just send us the songs and they don't even know what the arrangement's going to sound like. A lot of times, yeah, I'll be playing pedal steel on songs that are R&B, you know, so they get on stage and we, hi, John, nice to meet you. Thanks. I love. And then we just click it off, and then whatever happens, happens. So it's nice. We like to showcase different things. So um, why I started it was just I just love playing music with these guys, and we were hoping singers would call us to play together. And we we got fed up and said, well, let's just make our own gig and invite the singers. You know. Awesome. And um, and then yeah, Bruce came down and did it. Like, you know, I think. It's funny, people sometimes don't give the audience enough credit. It's a singer-songwriter audience, you don't think they could handle jazz, but like every time I've brought something that's, you know, Larry Goldings has come play, Babco's come and done a set, Bruce has done it twice, people always love it, you know, and I'm, it gives me hope, you know? <laughs> right. Because they don't, you know, you think they just, oh no, they just want to hear three chords at Hotel Cafe, but yeah. I think... It's it, a great room too, great vibe. It was the first time... I was there with Bruce and Danielle that night, and it's such a cool vibe in there. I actually liked it better than the bigger room. Me too. It's just got vibe, and it was cool, and what you guys are doing. And it was, the cool thing was, you, you get to see an artist, three songs, they're off, someone new, different vibe, different everything. Yeah. I mean, in that night, we saw, wow, some killer singers, and yeah. then Bruce got up and did his jazz and the jokes, and then Danielle joined him. It was an awesome night. It was really cool, and you guys sounded... Really badass. Yeah, and just yeah. I mean, fun, again, man. it never sounded, never sounded. It sounded like the the singer song. This whoever was up there doing it, it sounded like their thing. It never, you know what I mean? It, yeah. You have the same rhythm section for every band, and yet it, you wouldn't think they were. If you know, if you'd have been there all that night, you wouldn't have even noticed 
that it was the same Bam Beckett. I mean, it didn't make all the artists sound the same. All yeah, the artists yeah. sounded completely oh, that's different. That's really cool. And that was what's so yeah. great about all you guys, but particularly I think you, Drew. I mean, you just have that sense for how to do that, a colorist sense, you know. Is that, right that's going to be a lot of work, right? It's uh, it like ruins my weekend usually, <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. I love yeah. it. You know, yeah. I love it so much, and um, I just could look forward when, to keep doing it. It's when the is last that? Monday of every month. Last Monday of every month. Although this one Halloween, we're doing a di- we're doing it Tuesday. Oh, okay. That's going to be a really. I don't even know if this is going to air before then, but that's going to be for even you guys. That's going to be yeah. a good one. And yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking for more artsy shit like you, Bruce. So any kind of like, I'm always one of tap dancers. Scott, I need it all. He, he, Scott does this whole tap dancing. Uh, you do tap loud. dancing. He twirls a pizza and he, and he turns up a Marshall stack <laughs> all the way. Yeah, it's yeah, perfect. You don't and, want that. And the sound cooks the pizza while it's That's in the air. <laughs> you don't want I that. Can't believe it. You just scare people away. <laughs> That's what I'm the best at. <laughs> Scott, could I tell oh, could oh. I tell a story about seeing you? Actually, I don't know. Oh, good dude, dude. We want to hear No, it's a good. They're almost frightening you into quit playing music. <laughs> no, no. I want it to be embarrassing was, as possible. You know, was my fir- my first um, mm. my first trip out of the country. My grandfather took me. Uh, wanted to take me to Europe. Uh-huh. And go with me, and I didn't know anything about where to go, or you know. So and I was really into classical music at the time. So we actually planned the trip around seeing the Vienna. Uh, Philharmonic. Oh, cool! And we went there and saw them, and then we were there for two more nights, and you know we're just looking at things to do, and there was this, you know, I don't know, it was like L.A. Weekly for Vienna, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, there's Scott Henderson playing at this thing, and my grandpa says, jazz, they have jazz, you know, you like jazz, and I was like, oh, I, I heard of, you know, uh-huh. this guitar player, and it was in a, in a club, and and it was, was the Rigen or the um, Borgin Bess. You know, I don't even remember uh-huh. what it was called. How long ago was this? Two thousand seven. Wow. So and that was the trio. Yeah. Some tr- trio. Yeah. I don't know which one. Probably 2007, that was probably Alan and Travis. Yeah. Maybe. I don't even like, I, I wish I remember exactly. Travis is the son of Larry Carlton. Oh, cool. So he, you know, he was on the road with me for a while and he was a lot of fun to work with. But it was just excellent. You know, I'd heard, oh, I'd heard like some records just, and I'd never seen you live. And if anyone's listening and hasn't like, it was being in a room with your guitar it was like a new it was amazing i think anyone that hasn't had that should because well, it was thanks, man. i think you played stella by starlight this like beautiful solo arrangement of it and it was like it, it was really cool i mean yeah well, thanks the, did the italians love it um, it, was it was the austrians the Aus- <laughs> yeah it was the austrians no, that's, Joe, that's why i wanted to ask if Joe the Zal- italians asked Joe Zal- well, they, 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 austrians. From, from there the italians <laughs> could hear it though yeah right <laughs> I really, joe always <laughs> used to go we used to play in austria you know because you know he's from vienna i think well is joe from vienna i don't even remember he's from austria he's from austria but we used every time we play in austria and we'd come off the stage it would be something he didn't like and he would always go fucking austrians (laughs) (laughs) that's great (laughs) no we had it we had a lot of fun in vienna because we always played either the rigen which is more of a rock and roll Mm. room or porgy and best which is more of a jazz room so depending on the gig we kind of like bent toward the club because you have to right to have a successful night you have to just sort of go with what the audience is is like because reagan is like hooting and hollering rock and roll long-haired rock guitar players and and porgy and bess is the wine and cheese sit down (laughs) jazz crowd (laughs) yeah it's just like such a dichotomy in the the same city i think it was the rock one that that i saw yeah the the reagan yeah 
the right and there's a lot of fun there's you, you should see the posters for that club because they have everybody from like old rock and roll bands like Pat Travers and and <laughs> Jethro Tull yep. right to really really straight ahead jazz you know acoustic bass wow. like super I mean it's so diverse you never know mm. what to expect to see at that at that club it's a really funny that's place cool. yeah but it's fun that's yeah cool. so 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 but d did you ever hear the name um when you were in Vienna um because around that time was his heyday was the classical pianist um Gulda um you know who I'm talking I about no I don't um God damn it, I can't remember his last name. But he was like one of the biggest classical pianists in, in Vienna. And he did a lot of the music of the traditional composers like Beethoven and Bach, wow. right? Yeah, and yeah. this guy was really super famous for, for his renditions of all those really traditional piano pieces. And he was the king of classical music in Vienna. Oh, I, I wish I knew. I don't know if you saw him. I did, I wish I, I was there Frederick for Frederick Gulda. Okay. Frederick Gulda, that's the guy. The guy he that was up. a big he was a big wig in the classical world. In, in, in Frederick, if you're listening, time. you're welcome to come yeah. on. Right. You can come on he, the show. He's he's dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh Frederick. Maybe his ghost. Frederick, Frederick uh, you're, you're still listening. invited. I mean, don't let that yeah. stop you. He's not composing anymore, he's decomposing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. Drew, um oh so god. what are the main things? I'm trying to think of like <laughs> They're trying to think of what are the main things that artists are looking for nowadays uh, what advice would you give to players that younger players because I guess a lot of if you're over 40 you're probably going to struggle to get at one of these kind of gigs right unless you're a name player sure if you're, if you're over 30 is that still the same no I think if you're if you find an artist that like cares about musicianship and wants you know good players like I say like 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 with Megan she doesn't I think well some half of the bands you know over 30 and it's yeah. fine, it's not even an issue you know mm -hmm. or and you know Taylor Swift's band they're they're old you know they're older guys I think sometimes the really new you know cool hip on Spotify artist that's gonna you know be up there with the there's a four-piece band in there that's when it gets tricky but when you got a a superstar who's got dancers sometimes they just want really professional they want the pros yeah, yeah. They want and, th and they'll pay yeah. for the pros but I would imagine a lot of the are you dealing more with labels or management management mostly management. Are, are, yeah dealing with that okay. those decisions so. and as far as advice for players I'd, I'd say like it's really important to like figure out what what makes what kind of gig will make you happy you know I think First of all, you know, because there's with Instagram and everything, like you can see people's posts and think, oh, I'd really be happy playing pop television shows and arenas in Japan. But that's not necessarily for everybody. Like that, that right. might that might look really good on Instagram, but that might, might a lot of musicians I know that make them miserable. Playing, so uh, hold you know? on, I'm trying to think because I'm not an Instagram guy yet. Yeah. I know I'm behind. But what should you be posting on Instagram? And what's going to grab someone like your attention or these kind of jobs? What's going to open that door? Like, what do you got to do to, to, oh, sure. to put it on Instagram? Like, what are you posting on Instagram to get attention like this? Well, it's, I guess I should clarify because I said Instagram was... I, I usually don't, like, peruse Instagram and look nothing. It'll be like when someone who I already know is right. good... I want to convince a manager to hire them. I'll like go find the Instagram oh, okay, and be yeah. like, but I'd say just whatever it is that you do well, mm -hmm. make sure that's represented. So if you're, 
A really great bebop guitar player. Make sure if someone types your name into Google, they can f hear you. that. Yeah. Or if you were really good at like, you know, pop sounds or being like the edge or something like that, like make sure what you do really well and what you want to participate in is available to find because that's what I think people are going to be like, okay, what kind of musician is this? Let's check it out. And if you're yeah, if you if you really want to be playing in pop bands and you know, it's like a bunch of like ragtime guitar, you know, or what it's sort of it might there might be some discord there. Right. So I think it's so like you got to play to what you're trying to go for. Yeah, basically. what do you what do you want? What yeah. what, what do you want to do? No, what I'm really curious. What is, what's, where's the pay grade nowadays? Like, say for a new artist coming out, what, what are they going to pay these, these guys? Oh, it's like, it's, it's so all, it's, it's so all over the place. It is over the map. Yeah, it's like, I can't, I don't even know what like a standard. Like, a guy's yeah. making a thousand bucks on the road, or is that high? Every year, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> you just mean a thousand a week, a thousand a gig? A thousand a week. No, that's on the road. That's that not. That's not like high. I think like new artists, you know, will some new artists can do that, but I think that's not like per, like not considered like really high or anything. Right. Yeah. God, I pay my guys a hell of a lot more than that. And yeah. I'm jazz. So <laughs> if they're playing pop, they got to be making well, well probably uh, the more, new artists. Right? It all, it's all well, over maybe the with place. the new artists. I was not. just talking to a guy place, yeah. who uh, he's a tech. He's been doing tech work lately, and uh, he said he was making way more than the musicians. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it just depends on how popular the artist is. You know, if the artist yeah. is making a lot of money, then maybe they can And if he's generous, he or she generous, is generous. Right? You know, I, 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 I don't want to name the artist but, or the person that he works for, but when this artist is what you would call mega famous, mm -hmm. and the side man is also mega famous and when he told me when he's making a week with this guy i almost lost it i was like why would you even do this gig for that much wow. i mean it was it was, it was so surprisingly low, low. So what was it i can't tell you well, well we don't know who it is how low you didn't tell you, us you any information. Know, it was like about four grand a week which is like nothing yeah Nothing. I mean, for a major, major, for a major and he's a star, major player. I mean, I know Mike has to be making at least fifteen grand a week with James Taylor, at least. Right. right. So to pay somebody who's he, this person is ten times bigger than James Taylor, and the artist is just as big as Mike. Mm -hmm. So you would say you're doing this gig wow. for four something grand a week. Why would you do that when this yeah. guy, you know, is obviously could afford twenty? Yeah. You know. Wow. So it, it, I was shocked. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it just goes to show you that it, it depends the generosity of the guy, or, or, or you know, maybe he has a maybe he's in the middle of a divorce and, and his wife <laughs> is trying to take three fourths of his money and that's all he can afford to pay the guys in the band. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Well, when they anything, call me man. for a gig, I just ask, "What's it going to cost me?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me too. But that's it. Uh, what during do I that whole the whole sideman world, um, for people who don't know that world who or want to get into that world, it's. It's a tough, it's a great world when you're really young and you're getting into it. But as you get older, because there's not a lot of job security sure. with a lot of these artists. I mean, you could be there one minute and your eyebrows are the wrong way one day <laughs> and you're out and you're just replaced. And you, 
I mean, I've been <laughs> I've been replaced. That sounds like <laughs> you, hey, hey, Mitch, that was a little too personal, Troy. <laughs> I've been replaced, David. Me too, many times. You yeah, know, I've been replaced. That's how but it goes. Wow. It's yeah. um, you you do get a sense of everything's cushy, everything's going great. I'm making money. I'm playing. I'm touring the world, and then all of a sudden, a sudden they drop the hammer, and you didn't even realize what you did wrong, or you didn't do anything wrong. They've just decided to change musicians i mean that happens oh yeah or the artist wants to have a baby or they don't want to sing in for three years they want to go act in a film you know what i mean yeah Yeah. there's so many things so i think Mm -hmm. it's really important if you to understand yeah because we talk about weekly pay it doesn't whatever it is whether i mean you know whether people like to in their head multiply that by 52 and pretend like they got a job and then they buy stuff on credit and then they end up screwed (laughs) So I think it's it's really important to know that this is not a permanent situation. And what I was sort of alluding to before with like evaluating your personal like happiness, a lot of people don't function very well in that sort of very like topsy-turvy, you have a job, you don't. So I think I would ask someone even before they got into it, like, is that something you envision yourself or would you rather have a stable job in town and then play the gigs that you love at night because that's a decision there's no right I think like I said Instagram makes us think the right decision is go play the arena and post the photos but that doesn't make everybody happy happy. no not at all and it's a tough gig especially if you're in a gig I had a friend that was a a backup vocalist for a mate Miley Cyrus or one of those Mm -hmm. And she got along great with Miley, but everyone else in the band and her didn't get along. Mm. So her tour was a nightmare. I mean, she was crying on the phone all the time. I want to come home. I want to come home. She's out with one of the biggest artists in the world, making great money, but she's having the most horrible time. So obviously behind the scenes, a lot of the times it's not... It's not the best situation. Well, and also if you have, you know, the other thing that's from what we, we kind of learned from Joe Bonamassa talking to him. I mean, if you have aspirations to be a leader, you you know, the sideman thing is great in terms of learning. Hmm. It's a, The apprenticeship part of it is great. But if you really want to be a leader and you have a musical concept in mind and these things, you really need to commit to that and not get caught up in like getting used to getting the big paycheck from as the sideman and giving your energy to somebody else's project you at some point you have to really prioritize your vision and your thing otherwise you kind of take the paychecks until you're a certain age when it's almost not too late but it's too late to really make a splash and make a big career mm-hmm. out of being a leader because you've kind of taken the paycheck as the sideman for, mm-hmm. for yeah. so long and you got used to it. And even though in your mind, because you're not happy because you're not the leader and you're probably thinking you could make better music than mm. the people you're working for, but then again, you get you know they call you up and you've got the mortgage or whatever, the car payment, <laughs> and you know or alimony, and and so you just you go down the road of the sideman thing for the money, but you really want to be a leader. And like the thing that I, that I was so impressed with Joe, he knew he wanted to be a leader all along. He committed only to that. He mm. never went for anything else. That was his thing. And of course, in his case, he's done very well, but even from a kid, he was right. Way. Right. And that was, but my point is, is there were a lot of guys right alongside him. You know, I mean, 
it's not unusual to have burning blues players in their teenage years. I mean, this sure. this country has lots of those. Yeah. I mean, the ones that make make it to that level that Joe has arrived at on the stature and the work level. Um, there's very few that get to that level. Most of those guys kind of go off and find jazz, and that mm. kills, that ruins their life. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually ruined two of those guys I can think of right now. I'm just waiting for them to sue me. <laughs> and, and, uh, but you know, are they, or you know, they'll they'll just get a sideman gig and kind of go for it. Next thing you know, they're kind of like sour grapes because they didn't. Go for it when well, he I did. Just, I want to put one thing in there. There's a there's a thing that you didn't mention that's really important. That, but being a sideman in one idiom which doesn't cross over to the idiom that you want to be a leader in yeah. does you absolutely no good. Oh, that's Where, true too. Whereas, mm. whereas if you're like me who was a sideman for a number of years, but it's in the same idiom as the, the that I wanted to be a leader in. So all those people that saw me as a si sideman, those people will come to see me as a leader because it's the same yeah, kind well, of music. Again, so right, exactly. That helps me being yeah, but a But you're, you're also in a style that's an apprenticeship art form style. Yeah, but... Same with yeah, me. Same with me. Exactly. But my own point is... But is I'm that like looking at the pop guys. A, that's not yeah, exactly. really that because world. They're, they're, or, they're, or even the blues guitar world, that's not really yeah, that world. Well, I just but, know from experience, like there are some guys that, that uh, like say Steve Smith, who played in Journey for many years and he was a sideman in Journey. Right. And then, and then he tried to have a jazz group and was hoping that the followers from Journey would come and see his jazz group. It helped a little group. bit at the first. It helped. Not much. No, no, didn't I mean, really, not, not, really to, really not yeah. if you compare to Journey. If you no. compare to, it, like... Well, not compared to anything. It didn't, the band <laughs> never really got off the ground it's, that much. It's like... You know, um, he's still out playing. Well, it's like Andy Summers. No, he's, I'm not saying he's not doing fine. I'm just saying that that... It, there it doesn't not cross many trans it doesn't really cross right, of over, course of course you know, you well know, but then Ringo Starr if he decided to put out a bebop record it would be fine yeah probably yeah. <laughs> Ringo, <laughs> and Ringo yeah. if you're listening sure. yeah. I know we you're Steve Lukather but you know if you do the yeah. bebop project right consider me but all this is so important like like about the conversation about Simon is like what do you want and what makes you like for me I'm lucky where I don't have much leader aspirations and I'm like very happy Support, like one of my favorite things is playing acoustic guitar while a singer sings over it, you know? Yeah. So I find myself very happy in those gigs, but I don't think everybody is. And I think, yeah, we fool ourselves into thinking, you move to LA, where is success? Success is where my friend who played the television show that my mom heard of, you know? And that not, might not be success for you if you have different aspirations. Or, you know, it's really important to think about before you di dive in. Well, another thing to, to think about too is that if you're going to be a side man, there's a 50-50 chance that you're going to hate the leader. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, 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 you know, that, that there's a statement, there are no happy side men. You know? and, 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 or, or another one is like, what's the best way to make a musician complain? Give him Give a job. Game. Give him a job. Yeah. 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 So, you know, there's, there's the, and I have been in those situations where I have hated the leader mm. and also been in situations where the side men hated me. Mm -hmm. So like you know, it's like it doesn't always work out. <laughs> so you just have you tried the side? Have you done yeah, the sideman thing and not liked it that much? Chick Korea, Chick Korea hated every second. Of it. <laughs> oh man, hated every second. <laughs> you, know, you know that you, you, he yeah. hated me. I hated him. It was a hate fest. <laughs> <It was> great math. <laughs> 
So, you know, that didn't work out. That lasted for a whole five months. Wow. I love and, that story. Uh, it just, you know, it it's, wasn't really even musical. It was more personal. Yeah. Just didn't like the guy, and he didn't like me wow. for my personality. Not it, Music had very little to do with it. Wow. It was just... Yeah. But the the whole side is you don't there like any somebody then it's hard to work this with. This is why it's, this is a reason why as you get older and you see all this shit happen, you start kind of becoming a solo act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there is there many acts that yeah, if I do want you to do sideman things, I come to guitar way. This is my side <laughs> yeah, man. Your side tell, uh, yeah, but you forgot to tell <laughs> yeah. us about all those fights you've had with the red guitar and how you've got all pissed off at it. You know, the bitch. Oh man, <laughs> <that> bitch. <laughs> you notice I didn't bring That's them. We're funny. not talking to each other. We're right not talking to each other right now. <laughs> sure, is there is there many acts that you know of where they play pay retainer? Um, I mean, I think it's like less often nowadays, but it happens. Right. Like I've heard, you know, you have certain people do it, you know. Because like back in the day, I mean, I feel like maybe when I was doing it. Back in the day. Back in the day you when I was alive. You weren't even alive back in the day. <laughs> Fuck you. No, but I've, when I was on retainer, we were getting a thousand a week. For retainer, and I feel like that was probably right. That's one of back the, in the day. That was back. I well, should kick your ass that, for that, man. <laughs> Fuck you. My ex girlfriend who played with Guns N' Roses was getting a retainer every single week. Right, and that and was normal back then. It right, was normal, and and they didn't uh, do much rehearsing or didn't do anything when they were off. They were off for periods of like months and months and months, and she was collecting almost the same amount of money she was making when she was on the road with That's them. That's brilliant. Wow. Which was amazing, you know, that which was amazing. like, what a cushy gig. Right. Wow. Now, all she had to do was, business. All she had to do was like wear a bikini and play like a few notes on her sax. <laughs> <laughs> it was but a pretty I, damn I easy gig, man. Because of the whole, the way the industry's <laughs> gone, that, that, that doesn't happen a lot, it right? Too. It's, le- you know, I think some bigger artists do it. If, if you have a show that's really rolling and together and these a lot of moving pieces and they have a band and people they're happy with a yeah, lot of times you have to keep them yeah. keep, you know it's a smart I think I've heard managers say, like explain to me why they do it and it's, yeah. it seems like actually smarter for the manager you know so they don't have to disrupt all this you know you get these gigs with these huge guarantees and Dubai and you've been off for six weeks so you want to have it ready to go but a lot of people I think don't think that long term yeah. really so yeah. and that's you know, when you want to grab, mani- grab management and go you fucking think because yeah. management has got to be I feel, well, they're all hard to deal with, labels and management. And when you're trying to explain to them musicians and how we think compared to how they think, I mean, they're all business. They're just trying to cut corners. Everybody's business, man. Remember Well, no, I disagree. Musicians are not business. Dweezil Zappa sat right where Drew is sitting (laughs) and said, musicians are mercenaries. Well, this guy is a musician, yeah, and he's, he's calling us out for wanting to fucking pay our rent. You know, for wanting to try and have a fucking life. You know what I mean? Like because the guys say, "No, I need to make this," and I can't be. I can't promise you I'm going to be around in three weeks because another gig may happen unless you put me on retainer or whatever. And even Dweezil Zappa, son of Frank, yeah, but that's you different. know said like said the said, and I and I got it on tape. We've got it on tape. He said, musicians are mercenaries. That, I'm surprised I didn't call him out at that moment. I wanted to, but I was just being nice. But, oh, but that's a different but situation because Dweezil can have the pick of the crop. He can just, 
But why no, do you say this? No, he but, can't because he can't keep him on retainer. If they get a better gig, they're going to go for it. And but that's he it. can get a replacement. But, but I, what, Bruce, I don't understand what you're saying. Are you saying that musicians aren't mercenaries? Or well, mercenary is a bad. It, mercenary is a derogatory term for like a person that kills people for money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh. um, musicians you know, are like mercenaries. It's almost like it's just shy of whore. But isn't a musician and, and job the fact, to the try fact to is, get a better gig? The fact is, is exactly it's to call that a mercenary. No, it's the reality of the world. Oh, we've got families go. to feed. Okay, yeah, we've got. <laughs> I thought mortgages. it was a bad way. I thought a mercenary was a good thing. No, because <laughs> no. a mercenary is like what I call a mercenary musician is a musician who's always looking to get a better gig and, right. and of course if a musician no matter how much the band loves him and how great of a job he's doing if someone else offers him more money of course he's going to take more money no a mercenary is a person who, yeah. does, who does evil shit for money Oh, well, you know, playing some music is evil, I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and a whore is a person who does other things for money. But, but basically, a musician is just trying to make a living yeah. and, and have a career themselves. Of course. And, you know, and if, and if a leader can't hold on to them because he can't pay them what somebody else will, that's not being mercenary. That's just being a businessman. Mm -hmm. Everybody does that in every other business of the world, right. and there's nothing derogatory about it. And well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry that some people can't just buy into the artistic idea of some leader somewhere. But fuck that. You know, I mean, hey, you want a guy in a band? You pay him. He's he's a he's a professional. You know, I mean, when I want a good carpenter, I may have to pay him a little more than the average handyman. Dave Carpenter. <laughs> there you go. Then then we're now we're now you're getting weird, especially since he's dead. We can't pay him anything. Oh, that was good. But uh, he dig up his skeleton and pay him something. Yeah, right. And, he, you know, he, I know he dig that if and he you, was here. And you know, and you know, and you know, he plays better than a lot of guys I know. Still, yeah, uh, you know what he does. I bet he sounds better dead than a lot of bass players do alive. Yeah. But you, the, the business side of it has got to be that's that's a whole nother thing that he, he was a badass, you, wasn't he? You obviously. Ooh. Got to deal with with labels and management like the business side of it and musicians one we've been taken advantage of fucking forever but two we are dumb as shit when it comes to business <laughs> musicians are dumb as shit like, yeah, we are. Like, like take this podcast for example we're dumb as shit we're doing this for free basically but i mean that's why joe bonamassa is he's a fucking businessman he's worked it out he's fucking knows how to play the game and I'm sorry, but we had Joe Bonamassa on, and we had Robin Joe Ford. Joe Bonamassa. Joe Bonamassa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can't we had, speak English. We had Joe on. Joe's a gazillionaire. Mm. I mean, Robin Ford, to me, is one of the most iconic guitar players out there. Great. I don't think he's a millionaire. It comes down to business, man. Someone was... Joe's a, obviously got a great team behind him, but he was business. I mean, yeah. what do you see business-wise, and what advice do you give musicians out there? Sure. In that sense of it. I guess that's funny. The first thing I would say is, like, be careful with using money as a metric to de define yourself. As, right. You know what I mean? Because that's, I could, you know, we got into this, I think, not for money. So, that, like, like saying, I'm making this on this gig, but that guy's making X, and feeling shitty about it is just kind of like a setting yourself up for some rough... Psycho psycho yeah. psychological yeah, that's an emotional roller coaster. You don't want yeah, to compare yourself to anybody or no, not no. musically or financially. No, you're you right. know, but 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 I can understand how 
someone who's young mm-hmm. and just starting out in the business gets a lucky break yeah. and gets a gig because I know some people like this and some of them are my students. Right. You know, I know one girl um, who is very, she's very beautiful, so she was going to get a gig on her looks alone, but she can also play really well and she's good. And she ended up getting a gig with one of the biggest rappers and she made lots of money. Now, I, I don't know for sure because I don't know her that well, but now the gigs she's doing pay way less than that first big gig that she made a name for herself with right. because she yep. was playing arenas with that gig. Yep. And now she's playing with much smaller artists. So psychologically, she has to be sort of thinking, hmm, well, you know, I started out making a lot of money. Now I'm still making money, but it's not nearly the amount of money that I started out making when I became like known for the first time. And anybody, any actor, anybody in the business has to get used to that ebb and flow of how much I'm making now as opposed to how much I was making back then and how much I might make in the future because it's all subjective yeah. to, to the, yeah. you know, you can't count on anything. No. So you just That's, have to, I think that you, you nailed it. You cannot the count on anything. The only thing that you can what? count on is is that things are going to change? That's <laughs> yeah. all you can fucking count. On. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. And 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 if you and if you psychologically prepare yourself for that and are cool with it all, then I think you can be happy in this business, yeah. even when you're not working. Because not working is part of being who we are. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. like I always tell my daughter that because she wants to be an actress, and I mm-hmm. said, "You ready not to work? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's, it's either networking or not working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but. And and this is again again I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest and say I'm an old guy so maybe this is we know changed. that Bruce. this is we changed. know that but no I want people to hear this these words through the lens of that if you are a young musician a couple things I can suggest right off the bat first of all buy where you live if you want to live somewhere figure out a way to buy that house if you have to get roommates whatever even if the market tanks over the years it will. It will come back. Your 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 rent status is called a mortgage, but your rent the same thing will never change. You're 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 set. You you know if you have to get roommates, you get them. Whatever you have to get your parents' help. Whatever you got it. That is going to create the kind of freedom to not have to get a day gig. That is going to enable you to be the side man you want to be, to be the leader you want to be. You understand what I'm saying? That I mean, that decision I made in my early 20s, as much as anything, as much as the practice I did, has enabled me to weather those storms that Scott just mentioned. Another thing is live like you're always in a recession. Hmm. Don't buy shit if you can't pay for it. Even you, meth? <laughs> you know, nobody will let you buy that shit if you can't pay for it. What are you talking about? I want to meet you. I want to meet your dealer. You got a guy who gives you credit? Boy, I never heard of a meth dealer giving credit. People don't usually live that long. But um, <laughs> but you know, live like you're in a recession. You know, just don't spend money you don't have. And if you do those two things, you should be able to survive those ebbs and flows of whatever comes your way. You, that's amazing advice. And, and really, I mean, that's I got to tell you that it's, I've watched people go, come and go. The ones that go are the ones that, like Scott said, get the great gig when they're young, start buying a bunch of shit. <clears throat> 
You know, next thing you know, they're married and have an ex-wife to pay alimony, that they're paying alimony on the level of what they were making when they got divorced, and then they <laughs> right. drop down the yeah. scale. Next thing you know, they got nothing, yeah. and they give up and get a day gig, and that's it. You know, um, there's so much of that. Guys buying big cars, by oh, buying man. lots of stuff they can't afford, and then the gig ends, and there's not another one right behind it, and then it's behind the eight ball, next thing you know... All this shit breaks down on him. Drew, do you have any like divorce or marriage stories to tell us? <laughs> no, I'm just like <laughs> you're not trying. I'm, I'm married, but, Drew, but, but is anybody here willing to willing to dispute what I'm saying? No, no, you're no, right. I, I, I totally you, agree. I mean, man. you uh, you could totally you agree. should do classes on music business. Because you, yeah. you are so good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can play music and I can give them the business. Yeah. <laughs> but is it that's I mean, I was guilty of that when yeah. I was younger coming to LA, it was I couldn't even pay pay my four hundred dollar a month rent check. I was sleeping behind couches, and then when I got the gig that Why paid not twenty on the couch, sorry, not on the couch, so behind somebody, the couch. There was somebody already on the couch. There was oh, someone on the couch. Okay. But I got the gig, and it was twenty five hundred bucks a week. Life just got amazing, and I had money, and everything was wonderful for three weeks, and then I lost the gig, and then it went to shit, and then you're back in the hole. But it's yeah. it's something that we all go through. It's like eating ramen noodles and you know it's tough man being a musician is tough it's really important not to do this crazy spending I mean it's 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 important for your music you know I mean stressing to make rent is not good for creating you know what I mean I don't think so some people really do how old are you 33 33 so you're the next generation behind me and I'm behind these guys yeah and you're 15 behind (laughs) me so good but it how much I'm curious how much it's changed from when these guys are doing it like back then to when I was doing it and to now you're doing it and you're dealing with all these labels and is the acts out there are they are they lasting for a length of time or it's so so short and quick or it's different a lot of it's short and quick yeah which can be great honestly you know what I mean it can I mean, I root for everyone to last long, but like, if there's new bands making it all the time and turning, one way to look at that is, oh, I'm not going to have a solid gig for ten years. But another way to look at it is, what an opportunity to meet different managers and work for different people and get yeah. more experience. You know, so I yeah. think it depends on it depends on yeah. If you're really looking for that steady gig, that's harder to find nowadays. Yeah. You yeah. sign up with X artists and that's your job for fifteen years. I hear a lot less of that. You know, but. Hi folks, I know you don't recognize me, but I'm a guy who plays a guitar player often on stage. And I just want to say that we love this Guitar Wink and we love the community here, but we could sure use your help. So if you want to pick up a few hats for Christmas or a t-shirt or a mug or just make a donation, it's sure going to go a long way to making us happy this holiday season. <laughs>